Hi everyone, and welcome to the 187th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi. And Emily! Hello! Did you guys remember anything recently? Um, no. What's going on? I've been reminded of things. (laughs) Oh. My birthday? Yes, happy birthday, Churro! Thank you. I get three of them a year, so yeah, that's number one. That's the best. But not only that, I've been reminded of the ending part of Kingdom Hearts 3. I've been reminded what? more than I kind of bargained for. That, oh. that whole ending chapter of Kingdom Hearts 3. But you know what they say about memories. They always, like, change a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we're this is the episode where we talk about remand, guys. Remind, Re- remind. So, uh, I just want to get real quick before we get into anything. I want to get a yes, no. Did you like Kingdom Hearts Remind? I'm gonna start with you, Emily. Yes, <laughs> but good, good. No, that's all. Um, that's all we need. That's all we need. And then churro. Buy it on sale. <laughs> Buy it on sale. Good. Uh, <laughs> put him in the spot like that, huh? Yes or no. If you had to pick if, yes or no, did you like? I pick maybe. Maybe. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it's okay. Yeah. And it's not bad. My my yes no on if I like reminds. Yes. That's that's specifically the inflection and everything. That's my answer. Yeah, that makes similar. That doesn't sound so confident, <laughs> sir. Yeah, but okay. So this yes, it's kind of like so. Remember in Aladdin where uh, where uh, Aladdin's like on the on the magic carpet, and then he reaches out to Jasmine. It's like, do you trust me? And then Jasmine's like, what? Do you trust me? Yes. It's that. That yes, whatever that means about reminds, about my feelings about remind, that's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> Seems I respect like it. that. Yeah. So uh yeah, we're gonna get into this. So just real quick before we get like too deep, uh in terms of spoilers, uh this episode is going to get into spoilers for Kingdom Hearts 3, Remind. It's not gonna get into everything, everything, but we're gonna well, we are gonna get into everything, everything, but we'll we'll let you know when to go if you need to go. So, in terms of main spoilers, uh, for the most part in this episode, we're gonna be talking about just the main plot of Remind. Not gonna talk about Limit Cut. Not gonna talk about Secret Episode until the second, the latter half of the episode, which is going to be all devoted to the uh crazy stuff. We'll say. So, We're just going to yell about our feelings. Pretty much. Uh, but yeah. So for, for this episode, I'll just say as a recommendation, if you have not played Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind and you intend to do so, I would highly recommend waiting on listening to this episode. I would also say if you haven't played Remind at all, well, at least go look it up on YouTube. I would highly recommend at least that much. There's not that much to see, so if you just watch it on YouTube, uh, I think you'll be done just fine. There's plenty of people that have uploaded 
uh, Remind videos with awful spoilery thumbnails. I hate you, YouTube. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. For you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part about... Uh, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. We have a three-segment show today. We have our news segment, our... Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind discussion segment, and our spoiler cast segment, <laughs> in which we're going to yes. talk about whatever we want. Yay. And then, uh, yeah, in the way of announcements, as always, you can got, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Our Patreon executive producers are as follows. We have Nahika Blaui, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjin. Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, and Churro, if you could take these next few. We have Chris Pope at Dr. Pope181, Thorin Bullet at Massacre23, Yannick Nod, who is at y- Yannick Nod, Toy Patrick, Frey Stella, Fayez Bally, Flip Serdnus, Lewis James, Tom Hughes, who is at Tom Hughes 22. And Emily, if you could take these last ones. We have Zach Duranto, Yam Potato, Rachel Casterton at Uber Yoon Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster 73, and Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show! Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail. Dot com. I just before you continue, I just gotta yeah. give a shout out to Yam Potato because I like that name with the exclamation point. Me too. Right? Yeah, I love it. Such a cool name. <laughs> I love it. Makes me happy. And uh of course we also have our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash khunionvids. And for our news this episode, I'm just gonna say Ooh. I'm not sure if the news is spoilers. So just fair warning. If you're trying to avoid the news, maybe skip along to the Remind discussion. But if you're okay, let's continue. I don't think they're big spoilers, regardless. But anyway, we got a new Kingdom Hearts game announced. Ta-da! Yay! Project Xehanort. But before you yay too much, it's a mobile game coming in spring 2020. That means more Kingdom Hearts stuff. Yay! That is true. That is true. More Kingdom Hearts stuff. Um... There's also a contest to guess the name of the game. Have you have you guys entered it yet? Nope. Uh, I don't think I will, but uh, I, I heard it's like two words. It, yeah, I yeah. think it's two words, eight letters. Two words, eight letters. And the only thing that I thought of, it was, uh, it didn't work. I, I thought of Kingdom Hearts, No Heart. Because, you know, Zehanort. But I don't think... I think that's seven letters. So, yeah. I don't think my one idea... I had I had a different idea until I learned it was uh, two words. And that was uh, Kingdom uh, Kingdom Hearts Another. So, yeah. I guess... Well, I, I heard word. somebody say Another Key. 
Oh, another key. With, okay. With the, with, with the uh, not key, but you know the key Blake X, the Greek letter key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. So that's that's eight letters and that's two words. Yeah, I seen some really good guesses. I was like going through the thread on Twitter and I was like, wow, I wish I was this creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely could see well, like, like a no funny, heart, though. no heart, or Xehanort being one of those. Yeah, I think it's funny though how like Kingdom Hearts of all series is like guess the name when we have titles that are like three five eight over two exactly. days, birth by sleep, like. <laughs> I'm like, how are we supposed to guess this? I I I guess they're confident that it's guessable, but mm, yeah. I don't know. Hard to say. So yeah, since this yeah, as confusing as the series is, I'm not gonna even like seriously try. I don't really care <laughs> that much. Yeah. And did they even announce if there is a prize? I don't even think there is a prize. I, I think, think there's like a like, hundred dollar Amazon. Amazon gift card. Oh, hundred dollar Amazon. Okay. <laughs> I'll say, I'll, I'll I save mean, you that. I don't need that. I mean, I was gonna be like, uh, at least make it so that you're in the game somehow. Yeah, or something. come on, you guess the mm-hmm. dang name. Like name and game sweepstakes. Come on, get with the, get with the program. So, uh, so yeah, that's Project Xehanort. We really don't know much about it other than the re- the release date. What are your guys like initial feelings about this? What do you guys think? it's generally going to be about Xehanort. Yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> like, like, I don't Riku. really know what to expect. or Yeah, maybe Riku. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel... I don't have any thoughts about it. Yeah, I definitely feel it's going to be... Uh, well, obviously, it's going to be about Xehanort. <laughs> there's, uh, there's at least a line, and we're getting into a little bit of spoiler territory. There's a line in Kingdom Hearts Remind very early on where Master of Masters is commenting to uh, young Xehanort and is basically like, so, how was your tour? And he's they're referring to this tour of the worlds that Xehanort goes on. And I'm kind of assuming that, you know, given the timing of the announcement being like the same day as the release of Remind and this cutscene being right at the beginning of Remind, I kind of feel like these are connected. So, and, and that kind of like setup kind of feels like the setup for a game because it's literally like okay he goes on a grand tour so to speak of the worlds so kind of kind of feels like an adventure to me uh the only downside is like literally in the next sentence Xehanort tells him how the tour went and what he learned from that tour so it's like wait so if we get all the information about how he feels about the tour after it and what he decides to do after he's gone on this tour. Why do we need this game? That's my only gut feeling. But um, I guess here's here's another question. What are the chances that this is another loop, loop box nightmare game like Union Cross has become? Is, is, that, is, is that what we're doomed to in Project Xehanort, do you think? Is this another free-to-play loot box game i i don't I, I mean the only thing they haven't done yet for when it comes to mobile games is like a kingdom hearts version of like a mobius or a like a brave xvs or yeah. opera omna mm-hmm. so i'm thinking this could be like kind of like a you know a pay once fee with in-app purchases you know if you want to yeah like full experience like kingdom hearts game i could yeah. I, with that. I don't really know what to expect because i'm like 
Like, I don't think they would just do something similar to Union Cross, because that already exists. Yeah. But, like, because we don't know anything about how it'll play yet. Yeah. And so, in terms of what team is working on this, we don't know 100%, but it kind of feels like this is in the wheelhouse of the Union Cross team. Because at the very least, uh, in an interview, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit in in the next few uh, points of the news. But in an interview, uh, Tatsuna Moore was basically saying that, oh yeah, tomorrow the Union Cross team is going to have a big announcement, tomorrow being, you know, the release of of Remind. And the big announcement that came out was Project Xehanort, and he specifically referred to it as an announcement from the Union Cross team. So that kind of hints as to what they're maybe doing and may, or maybe who, who is working on this and maybe what expectations we could have of it. And I just wonder is like, so let's say hypothetically, this is the union cross team. Does that mean that now the union cross team is managing two games or does that mean that they're going to sort of let union cross sort of rest and just be in perpetuity how it is now and people can go and play it if they want and invest money if they want but it's going to kind of stay the same and maybe they'll continue on with Xehanor as sort of like a sequel perhaps yeah yeah it's it's hard to say now because we we don't know that much but I kind of feel like we're going to know a lot more very soon since I mean it's going to release soon they said spring 2020 so um now, do we know this spring 2020, is this worldwide? Because I think the uh, the contest is worldwide, so that would kind of yeah. indicate yeah. that it's a worldwide release, right? I think you would, would, you would, you would You would hope, because yeah. they announced it at yeah. the same time. Yeah, so I guess we can assume that it's not going to be like how Union Cross was, or how uh, Unchained Key was for, or just Kingdom Hearts Key in general, how that was for years available in Japan. And you got to remember that a lot of fans are still not happy because, you know, know, Japan's Union Cross story is ahead of Global's. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing they're they're trying to fixate that by having this be worldwide. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that sounds like a good plan going forward. I hope they can resolve that because, yeah, at the moment, it's like when it comes to the story of Union Cross, like for anybody that's like actually like really interested in Union Cross... Like, I don't see why they would ever wait for the official English to experience the story for the first time. Like, they're going to, you know, if you're really into Union Cross, you're going online and you're seeing the fan translations first, you know, and that that's kind of like dropping the ball if they're just like letting it be that way and just letting that be okay. But uh, anyway, so that's that's basically what we know about Project Xehanort. It's very minimal for now, but hey. At least we have a different Kingdom Hearts game announced for this year. Like, you know, we'll have a, a proper game, and I'm assuming it's going to be this ongoing thing. So uh, let's definitely keep an eye on that when that comes on. Uh, and uh, yeah, next bit of news. The next title is already being developed. And the Remind title screen serves as a foundation for it. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely getting into more spoilery territories, but, uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk about more what that might mean in the, uh, spoiler cast, but, uh, 
good to hear. They're already working on the next title, and uh, it seems like this particular game, this kind of feels to me like what Nomura was referring to at the end of the Ultimania interview when he was like, you know, there's some stuff that we need to set up before we can do a Kingdom Hearts 4, and, you know, there might be at least one in-between game, and this feels like it fits that kind of description, you know, based on what we know about Remind and Limit Cut and all that stuff. So that's kind of my Makes feeling sense. for it. So this might be the quote-unquote chain of memories for Kingdom Hearts 4. And this this may not be the only one, you know, we, we don't know how many of these uh, in-between games there's going to be. I mean, already we have Project Xehanort and then this quote-unquote next title, and uh, speaking of which, uh, the next bit of news is the fact that there are two teams, two new teams working on Kingdom Hearts title, working on Kingdom Hearts titles apart from the Kingdom Hearts 3 team and the Union Cross team. So we've got Union Cross team, we have the Kingdom Hearts 3 team, and we have two others that are working, all working on Kingdom Hearts games. And... Uh, after this, he, this is where he said, and there's going to be, and one of them is going to come a lot sooner than a lot of people, uh, expect, which I'm assuming would be Project Xehanort. I'm assuming we, we got that, but, you know, four teams working on a Kingdom Hearts game, working on Kingdom Hearts titles, like Churro, has there ever been like a time (laughs) In King in the Kingdom Hearts series, where there's been this many teams working on Kingdom Hearts games, like the closest I can think of is like remember back when uh, Dream Drop or not Dream Drop Distance when uh, three five eight over two and Birth by Sleep and Coded, I think that's probably the closest we've ever been. That's but. that's the only instance because you know the that was that was the first time we ever seen so many Kingdom Hearts games announced at once. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, quite a bit. But back then it was like. I don't know. It's kind of like the cop quote unquote cop out games because they're like avoiding doing console quality titles. I mean, you could arguably say Birth by Sleep was a console quality title, but like avoiding well, I mean, doing here a- we are again, you know, yeah, possibly what Project Zanar being on mobile, but then yeah. we have no idea what you know this build up new build up game they're working on as well. Yeah, we don't know about the new title that's already in development. Um, we don't know. So of these four teams, we don't know what each of the teams are working on. Uh, I'm assuming that Kingdom Hearts 3, the Kingdom Hearts 3 team is probably, you know, if anything, they might still be batting cleanup on Remind if they need to update anything, bug fixes and that sort of thing. I'm assuming part of the team is working on that, but I would also assume they're probably also thinking about the next project. And then on top of that, we have two new teams and then we have the Union Cross team. So... I guess the most cynical view of this is that Project Xehanort is one of the new teams and that Kingdom Heart, the Kingdom Hearts 3 team is doing Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff and the Union Cross team is still doing Union Cross stuff. And then the new, the other un, unspoken new team, they might just be working on the middle game. And then, you know, the quote unquote Kingdom Hearts 4 is just simply not in production, which I don't think that's the case, but that's the most cynical interpretation I mean, I mean, of this because because you know how Nomura is he's never he's never really direct yeah he never yeah it's never like he never because remember how in the interview of how about kingdom Hearts 4 he's like they're all we're not thinking about kingdom Hearts 4 yet yeah but it's it'll be there but for now let's you know we're doing we're currently going to be doing this right now yeah 
So we all know, fans know it's coming, but we yeah, just yeah. don't know. And then, of course, with Nomura working on 7 Remake, both parts, too. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's, you know. there's a lot to uh there's a lot of ways that this can go and unfortunately we just can't know just yet i will just say that you know f- maybe 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 it's okay for the the middle game to be announced soon but i would say at the very least it is way too early for anything kingdom hearts 4 because for kingdom hearts 4 to be a thing i think the new consoles have to already be well established because mm-hmm. at the at the very least we know it's going to take time, right? Like it's going to take time for a, a like a considerable amount of time to make a Kingdom Hearts four. Kingdom Hearts three took six years, just for reference. So it's going to take time to make Kingdom Hearts four, and and especially with, when you got the new consoles too. Exactly, and you got the new consoles. And within regards to that, since most likely Kingdom Hearts four would be a next gen exclusive. Since that's the case, then obviously they're going to want to wait until enough people own those new consoles. And that takes a while. Like, that's not an automatic thing. And, you know, if you listen to what Microsoft is talking about, how, like, oh, yeah, the first couple of years, we're not even going to have, like, proper exclusives, you know, from first party. So even Microsoft is kind of slow on, like, not worrying about how much of the next Xbox they sell. So uh, I'm sure P- you know PlayStation's probably you know has a different worldview about that but at the end of the day the next kingdom the next big kingdom hearts console game is most likely going to be a next gen exclusive so we're you know we're likely going to have to wait until a point where most people own these new consoles and in the case of kingdom hearts 3 that was like waiting until the generation was almost over and like even if you're thinking like say we get a new like this new kingdom hearts game like 2021 2022 whatever i wouldn't be surprised if it releases on ps4 and xbox one because there's so many players yeah that's the thing is like at this point like you know xbox and playstation 4 that's where the big install base is in terms of console switch also you know has a pretty Mm -hmm. reasonable install base and i kind of think that's kind of where this middle game is positioned is you know this could be a chance for them to target things like the switch for the first time and Mm -hmm. you know if they target the switch and they use unreal engine 4 you know they could have a higher quality version of that running on ps4 and xbox and theoretically also playstation 5 and xbox series x all of those platforms i promise you support Unreal Engine 4, no question. Unreal Engine 4 is going to be a very big player. It's not just Square Enix using it. Everybody is using it. So, you know, considering that, um, I think, you know, having a multi-platform release, and not just multi-platform, but multi-generational release, I think that's kind of where this quote-unquote middle game can sort of fit in, is it can be a multi-platform thing and a multi you know a cross-gen thing as well Mm -hmm. and that'll kind of serve as a you know a smoothing in of getting kingdom hearts fans to start buying the newer consoles but if they can't buy it they can still play it on the older platform as well you know there's a but yeah it's it's sort of an onboarding process and i think you know this middle game could be the way to do it but hey at the very least 
let's be excited about the idea that hey there's four teams working on kingdom hearts games and that's like this is pretty much the the biggest it's ever been and i think we can owe that in large part to how well kingdom hearts 3 sold it's the highest selling kingdom hearts game or the fastest selling kingdom hearts game that there's ever been it's the most successful in the series so you know because of that we can see that square enix is also in kind investing more into kingdom hearts and that's a great thing so as a kingdom hearts fan i'm excited but let's also keep our expectations in check just because they're putting in a lot of money into kingdom hearts doesn't mean that kingdom hearts games are going to come out any quicker (laughs) you know you know just because more money is being invested doesn't mean kingdom hearts games don't take time so let's keep that in mind so Speaking of minds, let's move on to our Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind discussion. Yeah! Yeah. So we all played it. <laughs> and uh so let's 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 get our general impressions out of the way and then we can talk about more specifics. So yeah, we're all kind of like apprehensive about our feelings with Remind because there's good parts about it and then there's parts that are not as good. I'll just say my personal overall opinion is that on the whole i felt like stuff that was in remind was good there's a lot of good stuff in remind i would say all the stuff that was new i really liked i liked all the stuff they added in in remind but i thought it was kind of lacking in terms of the newer content and newer experiences and that the pacing and your means of accessing the new content uh, was way too bogged down in having to go through old content first. And, you know, if you're, if you're like me and you're playing through Remind and you're not skipping cutscenes because you're not sure when the next new piece of content mm-hmm. is going to show up, you know, you're in for at least a four-hour experience and you're getting about maybe... 25% of that being like new. So that being said, I do like all the content that's new. I just kind of think like I don't know, Remind itself doesn't push the needle for me that much. Like it's I I like that I experienced it, but it kind of just feels more like a uh, you know, extended edition of the Kingdom Hearts ending section. That's my general impression. Uh, Churro, uh, what, what, what is your overall impressions of the, of the, not the package as a whole, but Remind, the Remind episode as a whole? What did you feel about it on the whole? Like, like the entire experience, including like, you know, Limit Cut and Secret Yeah, before, and before Limit Cut. So just the, before the Remind part. Just the Remind section? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's a good take on what it was trying to do. Yeah. But like the biggest thing for me is like a lot of people should, people say that oh it should have been within the base game. But obviously, you know, that's with with the way that, to me it just felt too repetitive what yeah. we were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. But overall I enjoyed it for for what it explained a few things that I had in mind. You know, like some questions I had. Mm-hmm. But um in the end I felt that it was it was just okay. Yeah. 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 And in terms of the content that was new, like, did you like the new content? Like, 
uh, you know, ap- apart from any of the content that was like the repeat, how did you feel about the new content that was in there? The, the, new, the new content was great. Yeah. You know, it just, it, it provided answers yeah. to the questions I had. So it did its job. Yeah. What do you feel about the volume of the new content? Did you feel like it was enough? Like, or did you want more of it to be new? I wanted more of it to be new, but at the same time, I didn't have my expectations set that high because, okay. you know, as you know, as somebody who's played Final Mixes in the past, yeah, 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 of I learned not to expect a whole lot of it. But considering that we're, you know, in a new, you know, new decade, you know, twenty twenty, you would think that they would put a little bit more, yeah, into it. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, uh, get that sentiment. And, you know, you you bring up that, you know, a lot of people are like um, feeling that this game, you know, the the stuff that's in Remind should have been in the base game. And I was hearing a lot of that, like, even before the release of Remind. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like once Remind came out, I'm like, like, I I still get it. But I also feel like there wasn't enough in Remind to sort of, like, prove those people wrong. Like, to some extent, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're kind of right that some of this would have fit in the in the base game, and it doesn't really push it that much further, if, you're, if we're just talking Remind alone. Uh, Emily, so what, what, what are you, what are your general impressions of the Remind part of this DLC on the whole? I mean, I think the biggest problem with it is is that it's hard, not hard, but Remind itself is hard to justify buying the DLC. Yeah. <laughs> because it is very repetitive. I enjoyed it. I love base Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. So I enjoyed replaying some of that stuff, but it was the thing where I was like, I could skip some of these cutscenes, but what if there's something new? Yeah, that was the hard been... part for me too. Yeah. Because I enjoy rewatching the cutscenes, but at the same time, I'm just like trying to keep an eye out. Like, is this new? Did I just forget about this? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, there's there were some parts content. where they actually did adjust the cutscenes and actually change stuff in the old in the old cutscenes. So it's like, yeah, you're totally yeah. right to be like, wait, is this changed? I'm not even sure. Yeah. <laughs> not even sure what I'm looking at here. Hmm. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of adjustments, and I guess we also should bring up that even in the uh, in the free DLC, um, uh, they did change a lot of things for uh, you know the ending portions of the game. You know, we're talking about updating cutscenes, updating uh, some of the CG work, and actually improving it a lot. And I would say, on the whole, that stuff mm-hmm. I was really happy about. I was so happy to see the improvements that were done to cutscenes, the improvements that were done to a lot of the CG scenes, uh the lighting in scenes are great. Uh I'll I'll call out one in particular that maybe this is a little bit of a spoiler, I don't know, but you know, there's the scene that was in the part of the ending. Like the first part of the ending before Sora goes off to Never Neverland. Uh you got Roxas and Ventus. And for whatever reason, in the original version of the ending, like Roxas and Ventus's hair were like this really weird, dark blonde, but not blonde, but not brunette color. It was a weird color. And now for uh, this update, 
they've changed it and now they're both blonde and they both look similar to each other again like they they tried to like differentiate roxas and ventus a little bit and like change their hair color a little bit but like overall it just ended up looking weird and then the lighting on the hair kind of looked flat so i'm really glad that they updated that and like just generally the lighting in a lot of the scenes in the ending and all of that has been updated in a way that looks really good so i appreciate that and all that is available uh in the free update and they changed uh quite a bit you know during those uh ending portion cutscenes. so really appreciate that um so i think another thing that i'd like to bring up that is kind of more of a general thing is that so we all know you know for us fans of the kingdom hearts series that uh master xehanort has been voiced by many great talents and unfortunately given that he's kind of an you know an older character you know they do tend to hire for older voice actors and unfortunately uh so far two out of the three voice actors that we've had for master xehanort have passed away uh from old age uh, but now for Remind, we do have a new voice actor, and it's Christopher Lloyd. Great Scott! 1.21 gigawatts! That's what I said. That's <laughs> exactly the same thing when I was on stream. I was like, One that's Christopher Lloyd! Gigawatts. Great Scott! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, uh, the Doc, Doc Brown from, uh, from Back to the Future is uh, the new voice of Xehanort. I just want to say, that man does a great job. He is a really great Xehanort. Like, this guy is so good at, like, delivering these lines. Like, I liked Rutger Hauer, but I felt like he was sort of stumbling over some of the lines. Like, I I totally get that the stuff that Xehanort has to say is, like, it's really complicated. And if you don't know anything about Xehanort, it would be really hard. But, man, Christopher Lloyd, he just steps up to bat and just, like, knocks it out of the park. He... It's he almost like, like it's almost it's so he's almost like he was destined for this role. Yeah, yeah, he's like so good. He is so good at just spouting out like crazy mumbo jumbo sounding things, but he makes it work. Like he's so good, man. I love especially his, and, and his battle grunts too. It's just, just yeah, like, those are so, good too. Because when I was when I was when you know we're facing him, it just like it just seems like he really wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like that that always to me seemed like something that's kind of a uh, an acquired taste. I don't know if Chris I don't know too much about Christopher Lloyd's voice acting experience in the past, but man, he was really good at it and even yeah, like you said, the more like technical parts of voice acting, which are the battle grunts. Man, he just did such a great job at all of that and yeah, so uh I will just say real quick, just to clarify. So during the base game, we still have Rutger Hauer's recordings. Rutger Hauer is still in there. But for Remind and including any cutscene that is a repeat from the base game, in Remind, it's all Christopher Lloyd's recordings. So, which will mean for certain scenes, he does uh, dub over stuff that Christopher uh, Rutger Hauer did. But, um, yeah, for the base game, we still have Rucker Hauer. Uh, how about for you, Emily? What did you think about Christopher Lloyd's performance as Xehanort? I feel like I barely remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm just, I really, I don't have many thoughts. Yeah. 
Well, that's fair. I mean, at the very yeah. least, I kind of feel like he does such a good match. Like, he's not like a perfect mm-hmm. match for Leonard Nimoy, but I think he does like a good voice match for um for Rucker Howard's interpretation of Yeah. I think for Xanor. me it was less like voice imitation of like trying to sound like Leonard Nimoy or like what was the other guy? <laughs> Rucker Howard. The second Xehanor. Yeah. Him. It was less trying to imitate their voice and more like acting, like getting yeah. into the role. And I think that was really good. That that's what stood out to me. Yeah. There were definitely some really good lines where like he does this like really interesting like turn of inflection. And it's like, man, he's really getting into this. And like, man, I love this guy. <laughs> this guy's so cool. Yeah. Uh so yeah, Christopher Lee, what a great guy. Stand up guy, knocking it out of the park for Xehanort. It makes me wonder, is this the last of old Xehanort that we're going to have? Is this the end it of old like Xehanort? It. I'm hoping so. I mean, with Project Xehanort, it's basically a prequel to <laughs> yeah. young Xehanort. So basically, we're going to see you know, Ben Diskin take over that, that role. Yeah, so. I, I hope so. I, I mean, at the very least, like we don't know much about Project Xehanort, but what we do know is the only screenshot, they, the only shot they showed us <laughs> is of young Xehanort. So I'm like, okay, good. Safe. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. We at least have that much. So, uh, yeah. So, moving on from there, I, I think we can talk a little bit about more of uh, some specifics about uh, ab- about uh, Remind. Uh, so, you know, in terms of... So, we mentioned that, you know, a lot of the new content, it's kind of, like, few and far between. But uh, I think what is nice is they did at least start with a lot of new content, like, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of new stuff. So... Uh, we start off with the Luke Sword and Zigbar little banter thing that we kind of already saw most of it in the trailer, but you know we got to see the full version of it. And honestly, my my impression of it was that I kind of thought that we were gonna get more out of Luke Sword, and he was gonna sort yeah. of flex his identity a little harder, and he really didn't. Like he was, he was still playing the role of being an organization member, and just like everything that he was saying to me felt like, oh, this is just Luke Sword, and he's just being a smart and concerned and wise organization member. Because basically, he gets the call from Zigbar to go find the box, and then he's like, wait, why, why, why should we be looking for a box? We don't even know what's in it. And it's not really related to our mission, you know. Where where is this uh, order coming from? Like it's it's either coming from Old Man Xehanort, but he wouldn't care about it because this doesn't relate to the mission. He only cares about uh, Seven Lights, Thirteen Darknesses. That's all his stuff. And the only other person that has any say over what we do is Zemnus. And uh, I straight up went and asked him, and he he didn't know anything about this box. So what up, Zigbar? And all of that, to me, doesn't strike me as this is some weird guy from another dimension. All of this strikes me as, oh, Luke Sword is a gam- he, you know, He knows about gambling, and he knows about tactics and keeping his eye on his opponent. Like That all plays into the character that we know of as Luke Sword. And then suddenly, after this exchange, then Zigbar is like, wait, no, who are you really? I don't know where he got that from, but to me, everything that Luke Sword said played into my understanding of what who Luke Sword was. I don't know if you guys felt that way. 
Like, did you see anything about this scene that sort of clued you in more into Luxord's potential identity? No, not really. It's yeah. still being vague without really. And basically, remember, um, he's he's a gambler. Yeah. At the same time, he's very, like you said, he's very tactical. So basically, he's not going to reveal his cards. Yeah, he to, really doesn't. To Zigbar or the arrest organization. You know, yeah. that's why at the end, at the end of that their conversation, Zigbar goes, the real question is, is who are you? Yeah. So basically, you know, there's it's just basically getting more that he that him, Luxord in general, is someone, you know, that they need to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely makes me wonder more about him, but yeah, it's just like dang. Like I I didn't see anything and I don't think Namora put mm-hmm. in anything so much. And actually something I do appreciate about the writing of that scene and something that I tend to get bothered by a little bit with prequel content in other properties is that I almost felt not a hundred percent, but I almost felt like you could have taken that scene and you could have slotted it in right where it belonged in the Olympus Coliseum segment. And it might've worked like it didn't seem like it spoiled anything really. Like if you think about it, like it kind of hints you at things that maybe are your, it's a, it kind of hints a, a at mysteries. suspicion. Yeah. yeah. It raised suspicion on who Zigbar was. Yeah, it raises suspicion on Zigbar, but like it doesn't like it doesn't really outright get into spoilers that you wouldn't know about at that point in the game, like that early. So I don't know, it's kinda interesting, but yeah, maybe it it's too early and it kinda almost makes me feel like um like maybe at some point they were planning on maybe having this cutscene like incorporated into the main game, you know, kind of like how uh two final mix was where they added a lot of cutscenes throughout the entire game. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, hard hard to say. Like uh Emily, what are your impressions of the scene? I mean, to me it was really just Luxard being like I have an idea of what you're doing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I know you're lying about something like <laughs> Yeah, does but it yeah, does it change your opinion on Luke Sword all that it, much? No, because I always felt like there's more to him. At least since what was it? Did they reveal him in Unchained Key, or was it in Kingdom Hearts Three where they said something? Yeah, like Kingdom Hearts Larkseen Marluxia. Yeah, in Kingdom Hearts Three, they revealed that yeah. Larkseen Marluxia and Luke Sword, and I guess yeah, also Demix, that they all have. Yeah, you know their origins ties, in the past. To the, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I guess ever since then I've been kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's got some but, yeah. something about him. And then on top of that, we can't forget that he handed sort of the the wild card and that's going to be important for mm-hmm. later. But uh yeah. I mean, even that cutscene that was in the base game, like we pick up where they like went to like was it like a black screen where it was like Mayor Harper your guiding key and then yeah. and then it cuts, it cuts off, off like- and then it remind Luke Sword pops up and it just continues on. So it really could have been in the base game, but yeah, I mean, it could have been a thing where they were like, "What if we give away the Zigbar thing too early?" Yeah. What if people catch on a bit? Like, maybe yeah. they want that to just be more of a surprise. Yeah, that's understandable. I'm also kind of like mm, a little disappointed because one of the things that I really liked about that scene, as it existed in Kingdom Hearts Three. You know, it started off with uh, 
uh, Maleficent and Pete digging in the hole and then they find Pandora's box and then they chuck it like it means nothing. And then Zigbar's just like, may your heart be your guide. And then it just cuts there and it kind of hints to you that, oh, he's going to go get Pandora's box and like use it for something. Like that's that's the impression that I got and they completely ignored the whole <laughs> idea of P- Pandora's box. It's like, is that just yeah. gone now? Is that like not a part of the plot anymore? Is like Pandora's box totally irrelevant now? And if so, why was Zigbar there? What's the what's the significance of that? I don't get it. Like the only thing that I could think of is the fact that oh, now he's clued into the fact that Maleficent and Pete are also looking for the box. Like that's that's yeah. That's the only thing that I can get from that that still and it remains. looks hard like say something about that where he was like i think you want to get to this box before everyone else does did he say that yeah he, yeah, he did. did or am i imagining it okay yeah so that that's his his interpretor his interpretation is that uh you know either it's a prank <laughs> or you don't know where it is or there's you or it's somewhere gone and you know if someone else were to find it it would give a clue at as to something about you that you wouldn't want other people to know. Mm-hmm. But I guess like at the end of the day, we need to remember that at the end of kingdom hearts three, after the, you know, the, the first epilogue secret ending, uh, we see Zigbar, he has the box or Lushu. He has the box. So at some point he gets it somehow. He finds it somewhere. He finds it. I don't know, but somehow he gets it. So we don't know what leads to that. But I guess nobody figured it out. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe Xehanort always knew it and he was just like, whatever. I guess Project Xehanort might tell us some more about that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so so that's that's the Luke Sword Zigbar part. And then uh, we also have the Xehanort and Master of Masters sort of exchange. That one was obviously uh, a lot of big stuff going on there. And I think ultimately this scene is sort of serving as uh, find out what happens next on Project Xehanort. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. That's basically the that scene in a nutshell. And But I do appreciate that after that scene, it sort of, you know, it transitions off to Xehanort and uh, old Xehanort. And they're like straight up say it's 75 years later. Like, it doesn't exactly tell us how old old Xehanort is, but it gives us an idea. Really old. He's really, really old. So let's say hypothetically, like this Xehanort is like sixteen. Like he could be, he could be like uh, if he was like fifteen, like uh, that would put him at like what ninety. Like that's that's pretty old. So that's really old. Ancient. Ancient. The ancient Keyblade War. Oh, wait, no, that'd be Letter Nemoy Xehanort. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much the, the, the opening. And then after that, you know, you go into fighting the Dark Inferno. You know, shout out, uh, shout out to Dark Inferno being, being uh, incorporated <laughs> into, the, into the plot. I thought that was kind of weird, but I didn't. Yeah, it was, it was fun to fight him at the beginning. I'm guessing they tuned him to be a lot easier because... I I beat him with no problem, but yeah, same. 
Yeah. Uh, technically, I, I think this is supposed to be a different version of Dark Inferno. This was like listed as Dark Inferno Key, I believe. So I think the other Dark Inferno is still just Dark Inferno. So he, he that one can still be the, the strong version of Dark Inferno. Um... Yeah, and then, yeah, basically after that, that's when a lot of uh, the repeat stuff starts happening, and uh, I guess, like, I do want to, you know, we, we can talk more about this on, on future episodes, but before we continue on from this, there is a part of the Remind episode that I do really want to talk about, and this, this comes a little bit later in the episode, and this is once you've gotten to Scala Ad Kylum. And I really want to talk about this because this is where I feel a lot of the new gameplay content ends up happening. And uh, so, yeah, basically, you get to, uh, first, you get to uh, more freely explore the first area of Scala Ad Kylum, the one that was in Kingdom Hearts 3. So that was nice to have, you know, for those of us that want to enjoy that area a little bit more at our leisure because it was very beautiful. But then in addition to that, they also added a new area. And at least for me, that that area and that whole gameplay segment for me was my favorite part of the of the DLC uh, as a whole. I'd agree with that. Like it was such a great area, really well designed, such a great like exploration and like to me, I hope a vision of the future in terms of like Kingdom Hearts and level design, because man, that area is so well designed and very, very few invisible walls, if any. Like it was very open, and that to me is the biggest thing. Like, like for me, I do hate having boundaries at all. But if you're gonna mm-hmm. put boundaries on the level keep them on the outside of the level and anything within the level, anything inside the level, I want full exploration of. If you're going to put it in the level, let me explain. That's my feeling. And that's kind of the design philosophy of this thing. And uh, yeah, I guess like, yeah, for me, I just love all the different areas that there are. Like there's very distinct areas in this one overarching seamless place. So I want to get your guys' like general impressions. Churro, how would you feel about the second Scala Ad Kylum area on the whole? It was magnificent. Right? <laughs> it was beautiful. It was So beautiful. I'm like, why couldn't we have this in the beginning? Right? <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I mean, it, just exploring it, you know, defeating the, like, the, an area with Heartless, and you just walk around and just like go into camera mode and try, like, like check things out. Yeah, the flyers, the bulletin boards, the you know windows. It's just it was breathtaking, right? You know, it was such an amazing experience. I'm kind of glad they actually put it in at the end. Yeah, man, that that should have been in it from the get go, right? I was man, like just playing through that. It kind of made me feel like I wish, like one of the things that I was missing out of out of Kingdom Hearts three. I guess Twilight Town sort of served this but it it really didn't like deliver it for me is I wanted more of a hub world and playing this part of Scala Ad Kylum. It was just like, man, this would have been such a great hub world. Like I'm thinking back to like great hub worlds, like radiant garden and kingdom hearts two and uh, Traverse town and even twilight town and kingdom hearts two. Like those are all really great, like Mm -hmm. hub style worlds that you can always go back to and have fun in. And like I just remember the adventures that we had in uh in Traverse Town in Kingdom Hearts One and man, those are so great. Like I hope 
you know, this isn't the last of Skala on Kylum because it's such a great area, such a beautiful world, and clearly a lot more to explore. I mean, so far we've just had two tiny little areas, and still somehow Churro, they've they've skipped out on showing us that that library area that you saw way back in 2014. <laughs> yes, that is that is in the game, and that guy that hacks that game and he he goes into all the areas. He's been there and he walks around it. They have full. Uh, full collision everywhere like somehow they yeah. keep avoiding that room they could have just given maybe us it's that for room. projects and yeah i know this is talking could a little be. bit limit cut but why couldn't we have like one of the the limit cut bosses like show up in that library like how cool would that be like and the battle is just a chess battle that's it right like chess battle or just have it as a battlefield in general <laughs> like that like that's just a, that's such a beautiful room they clearly made it years ago. It's so beautiful, and they're not using it at all. Like I, like I know the the version of it that exists in the game. Like the upper rafters area isn't like quite that detailed, but you know, you you go in there, you polish that up, you put some posters on the wall, copy paste from outside. You got lots of posters. Take your pick. I like the one with the cow. Like whatever you want, make it work, and just like put a fight in there, and then. Bob's your uncle. You got a you got a new room. Apparently, so in that interview, there was originally a plan to add in an entire extra world into uh Kingdom Hearts Remind, but at some point they just decided it would be too hard to explain why this world is in Remind and not in the base game. So they just gave up and just decided not to do it. So I'm hoping whatever they had in mind for that world that they uh, go for it a, a lot more fervently and a lot more uh, with a lot more gusto uh, in the future, since it's going to be a bigger thing. My guess is it might have been stuff that uh, was in the secret episode, but we could talk about that later in the spoiler cast. Uh, so yeah, I guess the last little bit that I want to talk about, and I know this is skipping a lot ahead, but I want to get to the uh, so. There's a really great boss fight, Guardians of Light fighting the replica Xehanorts. That was super cool. I love that. It was yeah, so interesting for me. That was another I, highlight of the DLC, right? Uh, so I was like, hopefully they add more to that. Yeah, yeah, I want I want more stuff like that in the future because, like, mm-hmm. I don't need it to be all seven or however many were there, six, I guess. I don't need it to be that many people, but even if it was like you know. Sora and Riku, and you control both Sora and Riku mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, Sora and Kyrie, and you control them both at the same time. Like, I like that concept of kind of like a from the world. The world ends with you, right? Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of controlling multiple party members at the same time and having, you know, it, it's almost like um, he he definitely tried this a little bit in Kingdom Hearts two during the uh, final boss fight with Zemnis where mm-hmm. you know you're running at Zemnis and you could like hit a button and have Riku block for you and like he would come he would like appear in front of Sora and like have a have a shield and then shoot like some dark fireagos at him so like that was cool so yeah i wonder if there's like you know and it, that could be something that could explore in a future game where you know you have more control of the party members like at any time like 
that to me is a really interesting gameplay idea and i'm glad they uh they played around with it how'd you guys like the uh the metal gear solid four uh microwave hallway mickey segment where he's just like walking really <laughs> slow it's <just> like <laughs> that that surprised me because cause it's like i was like wow they really went there with mickey doing that come on mickey <laughs> i know get your butt moving <laughs> you can do it, it reminded mickey. me of like kingdom hearts 2 when like you die yeah and it'd be like i'm not giving up <laughs> yeah uh, you need to play as mickey that was great and uh oh actually going back to the uh the, the guardian battle yeah i love the banter the banter was oh the so banter's so, so yeah. funny especially when like lee's talking and then like aqua's like quiet focus he's like you don't <laughs> yeah. have to tell me twice and there's like one part with like ven and yeah, like, oh, Ben's so you're, like, a you're not Roxas? so bad <laughs> Yeah, it's just I can, I can like, imagine. You're pretty like, good yourself. Yeah, I can imagine Jesse McCartney just in the booth, just like talking to himself. <laughs> yeah, oh man, that was so cute. Yeah, I, I and I love that it's Ven that brought up the conversation because <laughs> it, it would totally be Ven because he's such an idiot. Yeah, I, I I think I think they did that because you know they fans wanted more interaction between Ventus and Roxas. Yeah, you know, yeah. They got that one scene where they just look at each other and that was uh, like, I guess. Yeah, I guess they put that I in just it. for that reason. Yeah, and I loved it. That's great. Uh, so yeah, that, yeah, that whole Guardian fight, definitely a big highlight of, of the DLC. That was super awesome. Really well done. Um, uh, so yeah, moving on from there. So after that, Sora gets Kyrie back and then you fight the armored Xehanort, you know, final Xehanort and that whole boss fight. I really liked. It was a lot of fun. Uh, did you guys play as Kyrie? Duh. Duh. Exactly. Duh. <laughs> I don't. Whenever, I don't know what kind of heartless s- people would play a Sora, but I I mean, it depends. Though, like I've seen people um, try Kyrie, yeah, especially on critical mode, and lose, and then oh, they'll yeah, switch that, to Sora. That I can understand, and they'll yeah, switch to Sora because of being able to have more abilities to use. Yeah, for sure. That's that's understandable. Yeah, I I, I was playing on proud mode, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, yeah, I died once. Yeah, but that was it. I got it the second. Yeah, time. I think I died once too. Yeah, Kyrie was was really fun. I I liked her gameplay. Uh, but yeah, I would agree that like obviously since she's a uh a character they just give you like there's not enough abilities and ugh they have to always put Kiraga on triangle. Why do they do that? I, know. I don't know why they do that. It's the I'm stupidest so thing. Nobody does that. Is that a Japan thing? I need to make I need to make more Japanese Kingdom Hearts friends, and I want to see what they think of this because it's stupid. Ugh. Okay, so once that's over, then Sora and Kyrie they go to the the final world. They get Chirithi, and uh, they have the uh, what is known as in the theater mode. It's called another ending, where they add in all these scenes into the ending where Sora and Kyrie are secretly in the background with their friends but not saying hi they're just sort of like there like creepy people. Yep. Yeah. And I do like that they close the loop on um on Chirithi and sort of explain that yeah. the Chirithi that was in Final World that Sora met and was talking to that was I guess Ventus's Chirithi and uh he that's the Chirithi that got reunited with Ven. I didn't quite understand that in the original version of the ending. I didn't know what Chirithi mm-hmm. that was. So I like the idea that they're explaining that, oh, that was Ven's Chirithi. And that kind of also explains a little bit better maybe why 
when Sora calls out in the final world how Chirithi can be summoned because, you know, obviously Sora has a connection to Ven, so it makes a little bit more sense that that's the Chirithi that was helping him the whole time. So I, I did appreciate that. And uh, so, yeah, what did you guys think about the uh, the different version of the ending that we got? Uh, we can start with you, Chiro. That was cute. <laughs> I think, I mean, it, basically, it kind of like, it flowed with it. I mean, it, you know, it showed, especially the scene with Chirithi going back to Ventus. Yeah, that was great. And, you know, it, it, it was just, it, like you said, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. But it made sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, to see, like, Kyrie in the background, especially when they're working on Nominee, there she is with, you know, her heart, yep, you know, yep. transferring mm-hmm. the heart back, and, and then I'm like, okay. But it flowed pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked it. Yeah, overall, and, uh, it was yeah. great. What about you, Emily? How did you feel about the uh, another ending? I thought it was pretty cute. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was good. Were you guys hoping it was going to end any different? It was just like that different? little icing on the cake. Uh, I thought I thought they were going to add like a extended like you know how right before Sora disappears, I thought they're going to add mm-hmm. something new. Yeah, maybe to a, make it more a, impactful. A I smooch, was kind of thinking smooch, that too, but no. And also, I was also thinking like, okay, so he disappears. Okay, maybe they're going to add something after. Like maybe we get yeah. to see what Kyrie does after. Nope. Still cuts it in the yeah, same spot. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah, that was and a bit I'm, frustrating. I'm just, yeah, I was like, "What?" I was like, "What?" Not like after the only the only you add we is made like a it few this new far. scenes. Yeah, like here and there, and then it's like nothing after that. And I was like, "What? Come on!" We've yeah. come this far, and still we understand nothing. We will always understand. That's kind of how even it if felt. we yep. do under even though, even if Namora writes it down, we're gonna look at it and go, "What?" What's, we're gonna do we're gonna do that Winnie the Pooh meme where you're just looking at it like, "What?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just floats away. Yep, pretty much. So I think that pretty much wraps up our just basic Remind discussion for this episode. We'll definitely be talking about Remind more uh, in the future, and we'll talk about things more in depth. We didn't talk about the repeat fights that we got to do and uh, you know how we felt about those battles, but we'll talk about that in a, in a future episode. So yeah, from now on, we're going to be going into the spoiler cast. So just fair warning, everything is fair game absolutely everything that is in remind that includes secret episode that includes limit cut that includes everything 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 so if you haven't seen everything or if there's some aspect of it that you're not sure about uh, i would suggest that you come back at a future time once you've seen everything and uh listen to this part later so if everybody's out that doesn't need to be here we will now start the spoiler cast so, let's. Uh, I think we can start by talking a bit about the limit cut, uh, little segment. So, limit cut has uh, a, a really cool cut scene that starts it off and uh, lets us know that we have now advanced a year since Kingdom Hearts three. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of time a big skips. deal. Yeah, time skips, exactly. So I think that officially makes Riku legal. I think he's 18 now. I think so. I think Kyrie and Sora are still 17, though. So, you know, (laughs) 
for all you Sokai fans out there that want them to get married, uh, minimum one year, but do you know anybody who's 18 that gets married? <laughs> and if so, uh, what's wrong? I haven't. I've known several people who got married. It's a, well, I mean, these days, uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a little young to me. But, uh, but yeah. So, a year later, crazy. Uh, so apparently, Kyrie, she been sleeping. Uh, Ansem the Wise and all of them are analyzing her, uh, her memories, I guess, or her heart, because you know she was the last person to see Sora, so. And, uh, you know, it's because of Sora that she was resurrected. So she's got the closest ties to Sora. So, yeah. That's and the why strongest has been proven in the past before. She also has the strongest. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's like a billion reasons why, you know, she's a great person to be analyzing. Uh, in addition to that, uh, so Riku, uh, he's been searching all the worlds that Sora's been to. No signs of nothing. And uh, he's made it back to Radiant Garden to talk to the Final Fantasy characters, see if they know anything, and they really don't. Uh, but uh, Sid is like reconstruction, re- reconstructing things based on data he's got of Sora and data he has of the organization, and that's the context that explains how the Limit Cut bosses were brought into being. It's all Sid's fault, basically. <laughs> Uh, did you guys try out any of the uh, limit cut bosses? Yes. Yeah, me too. I I tried <laughs> yeah. out many of them and haven't beaten a single <laughs> one. Tr- Has anybody beaten I... any limit cut bosses? Yes, I've not beaten, yet. I've gotten I've gotten five out of thirteen. Okay, so that's way farther than me. I that's haven't pre- beaten. That's any pretty of good. Them. Yes, I, mine were the first one I beat was Larcine. It took me three tries, but like uh-huh. keep in mind, I was like seventy seven, uh, seventy five on prod mode yeah so i got and then i beat marluxia my first try which i got really lucky yeah and then i once i went back and grinded came back and i did a test run on young Zaynart. yeah and beat him on the first try that wow that's then cool. i then i end up beating uh zigbar um took me a few tries for zigbar got lucky with him mm-hmm. and then i end up beating uh ansem uh, for I think second try. Okay, so that's cool. Since I came back, so. yeah. Uh, I think my one of my big problems was I was like level forty five trying these, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was not working. I'm sure there are people that have already have done it be... on level one, no damage, whatever, critical mode. I don't I, care. I seen I seen people do no damage. I've seen people. Uh, there's a guy on Twitter named Will V VJ two. Yeah. He's already he's already done six no damage on critical. Cool. Yeah. On That's six crazy. of those, and then Dean, who goes by Sarlam One, yeah, is he's currently doing a level one critical right now on them. So he's yeah. he's been some people are brave. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I will not be one of those people, but I will no. I will endeavor to level up to level ninety nine at some point, and then go back and. Uh, they're, they're, I from right here. They're so difficult, even at level one, at level ninety nine. Yeah, standard mode with Ultima weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I expect. I, but yeah, I think yeah. As long as I, well, by the time I get to that point where I can do that, I'm sure there'll be better guides out, and maybe even guides that I can follow 
and then I'll be able to beat well, some of them. Well, here's my question. Yeah. Do you think Square Enix will ever nerf these fights? I don't think so. Even though they maybe should, I don't think so. And I think the reason is because they have those uh, easy codes now. True. So if 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 anybody wants to nerf anything, I guess technically you can nerf it. You can nerf it down to beating everybody in one hit, even Yozora. Spoilers, but yeah, we're in spoiler cast mode now. So. But yeah, in terms of uh, yeah, the limit cut. So that's that's the general setup for a limit cut, and then. Uh yeah, apparently once you beat all of them, oh yeah, and by the way, the there's like two quote unquote secret bosses that are in there that only unlock later on, and those are Shion and uh, Old Master Xehanort. He's the last one. So and I and I, and I even though I didn't get to fight him myself, but I was watching videos and my god, just listening to Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, he's so awesome. Just, that makes that fight so much better. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> Yeah, man, what a what a great guy! I'm glad he's uh, he's voicing him now. Um, but yeah, once once all it's, is said and done and over with, uh, basically uh, the fairy godmother shows up and is like, "Oh yeah, I've been sent by Yen Sid. I'm here to help you guys out and uh, help analyze some dreams because you know dreams are her specialty." And Riku describes the dream that he's been having, which he describes as. You know, he's in a city and Sora's there too, somewhere else. And he's, he feels that someone is looking down on him from afar. And so he's having this dream. And it's basically the, the secret ending from Kingdom Hearts 3, the original secret ending, Yozora. So that sort of exp- that sort of gives us context for what that dream was. And basically the fairy godmother says that since, you know... Riku's uh, trips in the dream world and his ties to Sora and ties to Sora's dreams. Because, you know, if you remember the whole deal with the whole twist was that Riku was diving within Sora's dreams and he actually became uh, a dream eater for Sora. So that was the whole deal in, in Dream Drop Distance. So now because of that, you know, Fairy Godmother is saying, oh yeah, because of that, now you have a connection to Sora's dreams. So... You know, and since she's she specializes in dreams, she'll be able to you know help out with that. So, but she also mentions yeah two other people too. Who's that? And she winks because she's like you and two other keys. I think she phrased it as. Oh yeah, I'll have to rewatch that later. But yeah, I do remember her saying something like that. So yeah, there's definitely a lot in there, and kind of like. It's like every time a Kingdom Hearts character says something like this, I'm just hearing, oh, oh God, this is another game they're announcing. <laughs> so, like, obviously Kyrie on the bed, that's clearly a game. I think that one yeah. is probably the game they're referring to when in the news they're saying that there's a game already in production because Namora basically says that the title screen is a hint at the game that's already in production. And obviously the only thing new about the title screen is that Kyrie shows up. So clearly finally getting a Kyrie game. <laughs> we might be getting a Kyrie game. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited for that. I'm hoping, you know, that's what that means. Um, in terms of Riku, it's possible that we might be getting a Riku game as well, considering this fairy godmother stuff, but, uh, it's kind of unclear what the situation is with that, but 
you know, it's very possible that that could be the case. Um, but yeah, in terms of the Kyrie game, I think that's pretty, sh- there's a pretty good chance that we have a Kyrie game in the works. Um, so yeah, basically after all this limit cut stuff, once you've, uh, completely finished that, that unlocks the secret episode and basically Sora wakes up kind of like we see in the trailer, Sora wakes up in final world, but it's a nighttime version of final world. And he screams out into the distance, Hey, and then screaming back is, Hey, got the sexy voice, Dylan Sprouse, (laughs) sweet, like sweet life of Zach and Cody. Who knew he had such a sexy voice? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Yozora shows up and he's like, I don't know. They have a they have an exchange where Sora recognizes him as as Yozora, and that's apparently a problem. I don't know why. Not explained. And then because of that, that's why they fight. So, uh, what did you guys think of uh, you know this Yozora scene, like? the way he shows up how, how do you what do you think of his like character design do you think he like is well captured in real time cuz you know up until this point we've only seen him cg version how do you feel about how he looks now in you know in game finally for the first time uh we can start it's with fine. yeah we can start with you churro so <laughs> uh i think he looks fine he just you know basically is like a riku yeah pretty much <laughs> which is Which actually, I kind of wanted to bring this up. I've been recently, you know, replaying uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, but in Japanese. And it's really interesting uh, that, so Riku has his longer hair for quite a while in the the opening parts of the game. And he Mm -hmm. gets his new hairstyle that looks like Yozora. He only gets that once he is engulfed in darkness. And that's when uh, Riku Replica sort of shouts out at him. And then after that whole scenario, that's when he uh, reemerges from the realm of darkness or, or the, I don't know, whatever, the darkness that was swallowing him. He reemerges from that Yozora style hair and his keyblade's broken. And then he gets a car key keyblade from, uh, from Yensid. So, so far, we don't know if that has anything to do with anything. I just think it's interesting to point out that that's when he got that hair was after he got engulfed in darkness. So I don't know if there's any meaning into that, but we'll see, I guess. So, yeah, Emily, what do you think of uh, Yozora? Good. I'm like very intrigued. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's like so cool. I'm looking forward to where the series is going, mostly with Yozora. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, speaking of that, so the boss fight occurs in this in the Tokyo area, and that Tokyo area looks so beautiful. It like looks so realistic and like everything about it is like so impressive. And I guess what gets me is like I'm just so impressed how good it looks on current gen consoles because that's what we're playing on is current gen playstation 4 and even with all of that it still looks this good and it kind of reminds me churro like back when we were it reminds you yeah it reminds me it reminds me churro <laughs> back when we were playing uh two final mix for the first time and we got to fight lingering will in that area from uh the keyblade graveyard and no they didn't show the keyblades there but i felt like back in even at that point like man this area looks so cool and it like it looks like 
really high end and it like looks really close to the CG and I'm getting those vibes. What vibes did you get when you first saw the the city? I was like, I want to move to Japan. Right? <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful though. Like, yeah. I mean, I never thought I would see, you know, being, being so unfascinated with the way it looks, you know, basically it's almost like, because you know how there are games that are based in Tokyo and yeah, Japan yeah, yeah. and all this, and they all look they look okay, but this one looks really, really you know detailed. Yeah, it's really high quality. The lighting is amazing, and maybe this is a Plus little those... bit of a, a I don't know a little bit a shade, but I actually think it looks better than Insomnia does in uh, fifteen. Oh yeah. Plus, plus then if you if you look closely. Um, you can look at all the the, the billboards that have yeah. There's so much stuff there. On them. You know, I'm really it, excited it, for when that guy that does all the boundary breaking for Kingdom Hearts. I really want to see what he's got to show for uh f- for that world because there's a lot of like billboards there that I just want to see more of. So yeah, overall that whole area super cool. Obviously, we have to consider the fact that. It is just one area, and obviously they're using that to their advantage. You know, on the fact that we only have this small ring that they fight in, you know, that helps them hide and, you know, keep things lower res in the background, lower res than they may seem. So while it is a good preview, uh, I don't think it's realistic to think that you know, whatever this game is that it's previewing, that that's going to be on on PlayStation 4. I think uh, they'll probably use some of these assets as a basis when they're making the future game, but um, ultimately, uh, I I think whatever Yozora is up to, he's next-gen. Yozora is next-gen in my mind. There is no way he's going to be some kind of cross-gen thing. Yozora is being reserved. Do you think that we'll get a Yazora game? So that's that's something I do want to get into. And um, so let's real quick talk about the uh, the secret endings. And yeah, I do want to get to that specifically. So um, so there's two secret endings based on how well you do in the fight. Uh, basically, how well means uh, if you die or if you win. And uh, if you die, then you die in the secret ending. <laughs> and so- Sora has this horrible line. It's just like, how could you? And I'm just like, oh my god, poor Sora. Why'd you kill Sora? You bastard. I was very surprised at that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I didn't think Nomura would go, you know, two endings and a secret ending. Right? That's yeah. It's it's especially especially Sora dying. Yeah, Sora like... getting killed. That's crazy. So, and I I will point out, and I know it it happened to Kyrie too. But I will just point out that there's something very interesting and very, uh, I'll just say, Fabula Nova Crystallis about the way he mm-hmm. looks when he's a crystal. And it really reminds me of uh, how, whatchamacallit, Sarah from Final Fantasy Thirteen, back in like the second chapter of Final Fantasy Thirteen, how she looked as a crystal. It really looked like that to me, and I wonder if this is some versus thirteen 
stuff we're seeing some yeah, versus 13 i thought the exact same thing i was like this looks familiar yeah this looks like right. something <laughs> i know xanor yeah. did it too but it didn't look like this it looked yeah, a little just different. like the position and like just everything about it was very final fantasy yeah. 13 ish and then speaking of that so yeah let's talk about the 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 continuations of the secret ending so uh, obviously we, f- we see Yozora and he wakes up in a car and it is a very similar car that we've seen maybe in a, in 2011 in a certain trailer for Final Fantasy versus 13. And oh my God, Tetsuya Nomura, you crazy man. I love you. Uh, have you seen those, uh, comparison videos oh, yeah. between the two? Yeah. It's, no, cra- it's, it's crazy. spot on. It's like, like. I don't know. The the best way I could describe it is, let's say hypothetically, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3's secret ending. Let's say that that was like a whisper of what Tetsuya Nomura had in mind. And then this, I would call this more like a yell. This is like a, a full-blooded yeah. scream <laughs> saying, Versus 13! That's what I'm making! Basically. The the real Versus 13, yeah, pre- you know, the one that much. he envisioned. So I'm excited to see where this goes. And then, uh, yeah, let's talk about real quick the the good version of the ending. So if you win, then Yozora fades away and Sora appears in the uh, light version of the final world. And uh, then a more versus 13 version of the secret ending plays where Yozora is sleeping in the car and then the driver wakes him up. Now, uh, an interesting difference is that the driver says, Commander, Commander, whereas in the Versus 13 version of the secret ending, uh, the driver is saying, Prince Noctis, Prince Noctis. But after that, what he says, like, isn't it incredible? Uh, That is exactly what he says in the original version, and in the original version of how the secret of how the versus 13 trailer went, Noxus was sleeping in the car and the driver calls out Prince Noctis, Prince Noctis. And then he says, isn't it incredible? And then Noctis looks out the window and sees the empire, the Imperial ships outside of the Citadel and insomnia. And, uh, Noctis comments is like, Oh yeah, it looks like we're going to war. And he's jokingly saying that kind of like a with dark humor, he's jokingly saying that. And then uh, at the current moment, he's in his suit and he's going off to the party in Insomnia that will be held at the Citadel uh, in, in the in the castle, so to speak. And that's where he goes to the party and he meets uh, Stella. And that's where the war kicks off, even though it's supposed to be a peace treaty. Like that's the general basis of how versus thirteen was supposed to start, and while there are some key differences here, man, it's pretty on the nose. Like, right? It's real hard to say anything different. I would say the only like main things that I'm seeing here that are really strong difference in terms of what we're seeing here is the motif. I would say with Versus 13, there is the strong undercurrent of gothic architecture and death gods and then the Japanese Yakuza. Mm-hmm. That was like that was the like underpinning of 
Nomura's design influence for stuff in Insomnia. I would say for this, I'm seeing a lot more sci-fi. You know, there's, you know, all of Yozora's weapons, they're all these like sci-fi weapons. He's got this crazy gun that shoots lasers and triangles and uh, he can steal your weapon. His sword is like this whip out sword that kind of reminds me of lightning's gunblade a little bit. And he can steal your keyblade through it, and he can use your keyblade against you, and he can even steal your Koopo coins. And it's basically he's basically it's not like techno- technological. Basically, he uses it and creates data. And yeah, he, he's all about he data. That's himself. for sure. And that's a really important thing that we you know will have to consider in the future. Whereas you know, if we think about Noctis and what Noctis's powers were and what they were all based on. They were all surrounding death, and they were all surrounding the concept of death gods and the gods of death and the Japanese Yakuza and their like death cults that worship these death gods. That was the whole basis of Versus 13's kingdom of Lucius. Th- that was the original version that was supposed to be, but they backed off the high dive for Final Fantasy XV and completely rewrote that aspect of it. So... So speaking towards what you were saying, Churro, do I think we're getting a Yozora game? You guys ready for your tinfoil hats? Because it's time to put on. Mine's already been on. It's time to get into conspiracy theory mode. I think yes. And I think not only is there going to be a Yozora game, I think that whatever Yozora game, what Yozora's game is, I think it might even be separate from Kingdom Hearts. And I might, and I think it will be a new IP for Square Enix, a new IP for Tetsuya Nomura. And I think, uh, so if you go to Square Enix's uh, uh, recruitment page and go to their their new hire page, not the mid-career, but the new hire, and then it's, uh, they they have a segment that talks about the works that all their different business divisions are working on. And there's one for Business Division 1. And it basically breaks down that for Business Division 1, they're working on their main properties are they've got Final Fantasy VII Remake, Kingdom Hearts 3, which they include Remind in that, Romancing Saga, and an unannounced action RPG. Now, in terms of the big games in that, Romancing Saga, that's, as far as I understand, that's entirely being handled mobile. But in terms of the big content on there, we got Kingdom Hearts and Seven Remake. Those are both Nomura games. So I would say it's not impossible that that last unannounced action RPG that is a new IP, they're specifically saying new IP, new IP action RPG, not impossible that that could potentially be a Yozora game. And if that's... I'd be awful at that. (laughs) And kind of the way I would see it is kind of like how... The world ends with you was with uh those characters how as far as we know the world ends with you characters that we saw in dream drop distance those characters were straight up the real world ends with you characters these weren't cameo versions like we have of the final fantasy characters those were the real characters that crossed dimensions and came to the kingdom hearts world because i guess their world was in danger or whatever and I would not be surprised if maybe that's a similar situation that we have here with Yozora. And maybe Yozora's connection to Kingdom Hearts is a lot stronger 
than what we have with the world's end with you, the world end with you characters. But in that vein, I would not be surprised if that's what happens if we get a Yozora game uh, at the end of the day. So that's my current feeling on it: is that we may get a Yozora game that is kind of in new IP territory, and that'll be his stuff. But it may cross dimensions and cross in with Kingdom Hearts, and maybe a big important factor in Kingdom Hearts for. But I'm kind of thinking like, you know, this is the Nomura Cinematic Universe, so to speak. Yeah, pretty much. What that sounds like like that's that's Let live. that's kind of the vibes I'm getting. And the more the Nomura Cinematic Universe, as far as I'm concerned, includes Kingdom Hearts. The world ends with you and uh, Yozora so far. Verum Rex. So, which, by the way, Verum Rex, if, if it bears repeating, it means true king. And uh, I think that's the, that's the goal of this, is Nomura's trying to create his true version of his story about... Yeah, because you said, you said Verum Rex means dream king, right? Yeah. And then Riku said he saw Yozora in his dreams. Yep. So he's the king of dreams, I guess. His ability to go in because remember when you whether you win or lose against Yuzara, he wakes up from his yep dream. He does. So basically, uh, I'm guessing maybe he has the power to go into people's dreams. Yeah, he and I will I will point out like a, a plot point that we knew about from Versus Thirteen was the concept of sleep. And actually, it was brought up Mm -hmm. even as far as Final Fantasy XV, even when Tabata was still around. Uh, I believe it was in... It might have still been in like episode Disguise. They were talking about... One of the banters that was in there was... I think it was Prompto bringing it up and and also Gladio talked in it. And they basically talked about the fact that Noctis, when you go to sleep, you go real deep into sleep, like six feet under deep. And I think that was the intention of that idea was that when Noctis goes to sleep, he goes so deep that he crosses into the land of the dead. And, you know, he's able to interact with people in the land of the dead. And I think if that was, you know, my understanding is that concept was never brought up in final fantasy 15 they completely killed all those ideas in final fantasy 15 that Mm -hmm. we got but it's possible that if that was still a nomura idea from back in the day maybe this is going to you know be something that yozora explores in in his in you know in, in his version of yozora in his version of this story and maybe when yozora goes into the into his deep slumbers he goes to the land of the dead he basically dies when he goes to sleep and he ends up in final world, which as far as we know, final world is the land of the dead. And he's able to interact with people that are in the land of the dead and basically Sora died. <laughs> so maybe that's, maybe there's something in there. I mean, I've said it in the past, but I did hear back in the day after 15 had come out, but way before kingdom hearts three came out, there was a guy that went on 4chan that said, that was claiming that he was on the 15 development staff and he went into detail about the original concept of versus 13. And he was very clear that, uh, so basically he said that, you know, way before versus 13, uh, started, apparently 
uh, Noctis had killed Stella. That was the thing. Noctis killed Stella. He was being mm-hmm. controlled by someone. He killed Stella, but he didn't remember it. And then that was the reason that Ravis goes to Insomnia and helps uh, go and kill uh, King Regis. That was the whole deal. He went to go kill Regis as revenge for killing Noctis killing Stella, which you kind of see a little bit of that in the Omen trailer. But that's kind of the 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 what the rumor guy was saying. And then beyond that, towards the end of the game, the whole deal was that Noctis would go to the land of the dead. He would basically die, go to the land of the dead, and fight out his final battles in the land of the dead. Now, in Kingdom Hearts 3, with no prompting prior to release, we had no idea of this. Nomura goes straight in on that and has this whole final world segment. And as and as we as we know now, the whole final world segment was a lot of stuff relating to Yozora. On uh, you know, not only is it Land of the Dead stuff, but we have uh the unnamed star there, which now we know unnamed star that is the girl that 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 girl is waiting for Yozora, and that's who he said. By the way, called it just saying, but that's good job. You know, just so we know, there's clear ties there. So I'm not saying that that guy that was rumoring about Versus 13 was legit. I'm just saying that everything he said so far has been pretty legit. So that's kind of where I'm going at it with. It's still rumor, still very hardcore rumor. It was 4chan, by the way. So you never know with that. But I just find it very interesting that everything that that guy said kind of has been holding true so far. And has been showing up. And at the very least, you know, clearly, when Yozora goes to sleep, weird stuff happens. Okay? I think we can agree on that. So Totally. Yozora's a weird sleeper. But, uh, yeah. So, I, I guess I want to get your guys' opinions on how you think this is going to be. Like, do you think Yozora's going to have his own game? Uh, I guess I, I'll, we can start there. Do you think Yozora is going to have his own game? And if he does, do you think it's going to be just a subset of Kingdom Hearts? Or do you think Nomura is going to try to push for like Verum Rex to be a, a an actual game? I think it'll be a subset of Kingdom Hearts. Okay. I mean, because remember, Nomura said he has to plan things towards the next game. So he needs yeah. groundwork. And this is pretty much the groundwork. You know, with the Kyrie game. You know, then you then you have Yozora now being a, a central figure of the next chapter. Yeah. You know, so because because we don't know, right? You know, we don't know. Usually, the characters that secret characters that you meet are usually good or bad. You know, yeah. You know, it could go Xemnas either way. Ended up being a, yeah, Xemnas ended up being an antagonist, and then Terra ended up being a hero. So now we have no idea how Yozora is going to be. So this just is basically going to lay his backstory. Yeah. To see where he's coming from and why, you know, he's met with Sora and why he meant by, quote unquote, saving Sora yeah. than attacking him. Basically, we got to find out why you got to be so rude. Exactly. It's pretty much that. Now, I will say, just to, just to quickly put my tinfoil hat back on and, 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 and go into super crazy territory, I just want y'all to know that even though... This is going real hardcore versus 13. I find it very delicious that Yozora is coming in and his goal is to save Sora. Now, let me just point out 
back all the way back in 2002, a certain secret ending that I like to call Another Side, Another Story. Oh, boy. The first one, not Deep Dive. You know, Deep Dive, I've said all I've had to say about Deep Dive for now, but I have something (laughs) to say about Another Side, Another Story. But there's a certain character walking around wearing, wearing a hood, and the last line he says, Where's Sora? Oh my goodness gracious. It all comes full circle. It's all coming full circle. I'm telling you. I'm telling and you. I, just, Mark my too, words. If this Yozora game is made, it will not only be Verum Rex versus 13 the game. This will be Deep Dive the game. And I swear, I am working so hard on my portfolio that I'm going to enter that company. And if I can work on that game, if, if I could like just for a second, you know, talk for like I'm a politician. If I have ever had a political platform as being a character artist in the video game industry, my political platform is more deep dive. So if I am hired by Square Enix, I promise you, I don't know if I will have any say on anything whatsoever, ever on anything. But if I do, it's deep dive. I would vote for you. Vote for me, (laughs) basically. I will ensure there's more deep dive. I'm looking at Twitter right now, and uh, Star of the Rogue tweeted out. He's like, I just realized something about the requirements to fighting Azura. Sora has to fight the data organization before being able to fight him, right? Yep. It's Sora versus 13. Oh. <laughs> I like it. Oh, boy. I like that. Too. I like where these people are going. See, these people, they're crazy like me, and I like them for that. <laughs> and I will say, before we wrap this up, one last crazy thing that I've been hearing people talk about is potentially that maybe both of these endings could be canon secret endings and that they are creating when you, they split, either you win or you lose, and you're creating different world lines from this. Because we know world lines are a concept. This is a thing that exists in Kingdom Hearts. So you could have one world line where Sora died right there, and you could have a different world line where Sora lived. And both of those could be valid in their own world line. And one of the things that some of these people have been saying is, what if the world where Sora dies, maybe he comes back somehow and turns evil, and that's the Master of Masters. Bum, bum, bum! And yeah, basically, Master of Masters is a dejected evil Sora that has given up on stuff and is just this crazy nihilist and just wants to watch things from a distance and see, you know, basically treats everybody like they're his pawns. I mean, we did have that crazy little line in uh, in Remind where he's like, oh, what's your name? And he's like, all right, I'll tell you. And then it's just like, <laughs> he gets shiny. <laughs> And that they don't say his name. It's weird. Right? Oh yeah, that was so frustrating. Right? Oh my god, I forgot about that until now. Yep. I remember watching. I was being like, "Okay, here we go." His name is. And then I was just like, "Did they really just do that to me?" <laughs> his name is Shiny, and then Mute. But we will. Oh what we can god. say is, we do know Xehanort knows. Yeah. Project Xehanort, guys. Project Xehanort. We're going to have to play it. <laughs> got to play it. Maybe you'll find out Master Master's name, finally. I th- I'm going to say Sora. Probably not, but, like, maybe. Yeah. Well, 
Anyway, oh, uh, I, I don't think we got your take on uh, the Yozora stuff yet, Emily. So what do you think about how Yozora is going to be handled? Do you think Yozora is going to have his own... Okay, I guess for one, do you think Yozora is going to have his own game? That's one question. Another question is, do you mm-hmm. think Yozora and the Verumrex stuff, do you think that will always just be a subset of Kingdom Hearts? Or do you think it will be branched out and also be its own uh ip as well so those are the two questions do you think it's gonna be do you think he's gonna get his own game that's one and do you think it's gonna be its own ip or will it always be a part of kingdom hearts i would really love for it to be like its own ip and be its own like separate thing Mm -hmm. i mean i can see it staying as a subset of kingdom hearts i guess yeah I think it'll definitely have to start that way. I, I agree. Whether it evolves to something else, I think it'll have to start that way. I agree. Because you'll need the Kingdom Hearts fandom to like back it for up. For sure. And, like, for sure. No question about that. It'll definitely help. Yeah. I agree with you there. But, um, I really think we should at least get some form of a Yazora game, whether it's like Virum Rex new IP mm-hmm. or it's Kingdom Hearts Virum Rex. Yeah. I agree. So, But I really want it. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just summarize my take as I think... Uh, the idea that it's just a Kingdom Hearts thing and it'll always be a Kingdom Hearts subset, I would say that's probably the safe route to go. And I think that's probably the most likely thing, at least for now, because mm-hmm. uh, going that far is calling for a lot. And it, yeah. it not only can this blow up in Nomura's face, it literally has before. It's happened before mm-hmm. where yeah. this being its own thing has blown up his face. So, well, yeah, I think Kingdom Hearts is its own little safe zone for Nomura yeah. and for Square Enix. So, for sure. so that's it makes sense. That's one thing to point out. Um, but I do hold in my mind, I don't know what this would be called, but just tentatively, I do have you know, a slight feeling of hope for the concept of the Nomura cinematic universe, which would contain yeah. Kingdom Hearts and contain Yozora and contain World Ends With You and contain whatever else other stuff he wants to add into his own cinematic universe. I see maybe a glimmer of that in this. I'm not saying that's a thing. I'm not saying that, you know, they're really even hinting at this. I'm just saying like, mm, I'm getting the vibes. I don't know what's happening, mm-hmm. but I'm getting those vibes. Well, even if it was like a mobile, like Virum Rex, like smaller thing, yeah, I could see maybe that happening instead of like a full fledged like PS5 Virum Rex. Even if it yeah. was just like a smaller mobile game, I think that would be more realistic if it was going to stray from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I'm just gonna say uh, I'm gonna double down on crazy, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say it's going to be. It is not just going to be a new ip it is the new ip that they are working on now and they're working on it now with an international team as they've said and it's an action rpg and it's being worked on right now already that's my crazy bet my safe bet is i'm 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 with you guys (laughs) it's just a subset of kingdom hearts don't go too crazy um but i i would say whatever happens i do not think it could ever possibly be the full story that Namor was intending to tell with Versus 13 because mm-hmm. Namor's original vision of Versus 13 included a road trip included a lot of stuff that already was tackled in Final Fantasy 15 I think 
realistically speaking, if it did become its own game, it would most likely tackle things that never were tackled in Final Fantasy 15. Now, you know, if we're thinking r- mm-hmm. right now in terms of what has been shown, so far it's just been the stuff in Tokyo. And, you know, if we remember, that stuff was pretty much in 100% cut from Final Fantasy 15. Now, they did make Kingsglaive, fair, but Kingsglaive was a greatly different idea than what Tetsuya Nomura imagined for Insomnia. Uh, at least from what I remember back in the day, uh, good old uh, Aaron Van Duin from uh, Nova Crystallis. I don't know who she knows, but her explanation of what that was supposed to be back in the day, you know, this was a long time ago before uh, 15 came out. But she, her whole thing was that, you know, the insomnia segment was supposed to be Nomura's Midgar. He wanted it to be like Midgar. Mm-hmm was in final fantasy seven which I remember that. which yeah it, it, and it was supposed to be this big thing and that was one of the th- real big things that when they announced that they had cut insomnia which i'm guessing she knew way in advance she was really disappointed by that so that's kind of what i'm feeling from this is that there are stuff there's big plot points especially the insomnia part that clearly namora put in a lot of blood sweat and tears into and I think that would definitely be a big part of it. And then maybe other parts of his idea, you know, the main plot that he had for Versus 13. But I think if there was anything that we know used to be a part of Versus 13 that might get cut, I would say is the road trip aspect. I think that part was pretty mm-hmm. well and truly done by final fantasy 15 and even if namora wants to do it i kind of feel like maybe square might step in and say this is a little bit too much like 15 and at the you know at most i would say he'll probably replace it with something entirely different entirely unrelated to you know the concept of that road trip that he had in mind but we'll have to see you know the future is big the future is bright the future is very crazy but i love it I love everything about it. It's my favorite part about Kingdom Hearts Remind. It's my favorite part about Kingdom Hearts 3 is this craziness. I want more. I want to know what's happening. And yeah, everybody's excited yeah. for it. Like some people are freaking out too. Right? <laughs> it's like there's so many people waiting for versus you know, Namora's vision of versus 13 and yeah. in some ways we got it in 15 and in some ways we didn't. So for those people, myself included, like this is such, you know, like like we heard in uh in in zero point two, this is a ray of hope, you know. It's like a ray of hope you didn't expect. So I'm so happy about this. So excited. So yeah, this is a big episode. Uh, I hope you like it so far. We'll definitely be talking about Remind more and more spoilers more later. So no worries. Keep it tuned to Kingdom Hearts Union. Uh, moving on from here, our music for this episode is a piano cover of Face My Fears by Katine on YouTube. Definitely check them out on YouTube. Now, I know that uh, for the Final Fantasy podcast, they've actually decided to uh, cut the music segment, which I totally respect that. That's like, I, I can definitely, <laughs> I can totally relate because I have the same issue every single time we do these episodes having to look up music. Uh, I'm considering maybe following suit and uh, removing the music segment in future episodes, but 
since uh you know this was kind of set in for me as well i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off on that for now and i'm gonna continue adding music to the episodes but in the future um if the music segment goes away i'm just gonna say don't be so surprised um but uh yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking i know a lot of people like it but i i can definitely uh agree with uh lauren and daryl's decision and I, I totally feel the same thing. It's really hard finding the music every single week. And especially for Kingdom Hearts, you know, I have even less games to work from. Uh, well, I have less of a series to work from. So that's why it ends up being that, you know, our music for our episodes ends up being 99% covers of the theme songs or Dearly Beloved. And then occasionally we'll get some random field themes here and there if I can get lucky. And so far, I still have not gotten a cover of Majestic Wings. You guys are letting me down. I will say, even if I cut the music segment in perpetuity, I will. I promise you, if I ever get a cover of Majestic Wings, it's going in the episode. I love that song so much. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's our episode for today. Our next uh, episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is going to be scheduled for the 11th of February. As always, you you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion, and send us your questions to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. I think probably for next episode we might be able to go back to the question segment and i'm sure a lot of you have questions about this stuff so uh let's definitely talk about uh remind uh just you know in terms of spoilers um it i'm not 100 percent sure on when exactly we're going to be fully fair game on remind spoilers uh but i'll just make sure that at every single episode you know for the next you know, a couple of months, I'll just make sure to be very clear about what kind of reminds related spoiler content is going to be contained in each episode. So, uh, just for now in the future, we'll definitely, uh, come to a point where all remind spoilers will be fair game, but just while it's still early and fresh, I want to make sure that we're being clear about what spoiler content is in our episodes. So just so you know, all right, guys, that is the episode. It is goodbye time. Please say your goodbyes. That is a long episode. Bye-bye. Oh, wow. We did it, but it was a big episode. A big, important episode. Yeah, but we did it. We did it. All right, say goodbyes. Thanks for sticking with yeah. us. Uh, say goodbye. Right, bye, guys. Bye. Uh, I know it's a long episode, but hang in there. It was a delight, and... Um, yeah, you know, this is scary. We're heading to scary territory now because we have no idea what's next. But you know what? <laughs> uh, it's scary, but it's scary in a good way because in some ways we're closer to deep dive. And that to me, that makes me smile. And, what, and if we don't go to deep dive, then there, there's another 10 years. For there's me. another 10 years for me. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to make sure we get <laughs> deep dive. Actually, like not only do I want deep dive the game, but I will just say we we gotta get a remake of three five eight over two so we can get actual deep dive like properly made in a game. Brandon, just make it yourself and have it available to download <laughs> on know. like GitHub or something. <laughs> download for free. I'll, don't don't worry, guys. I'll, I'll have it done this spring. I'll I'll, I'll release it. it before Project Xanor. How about that? Do it. There you go. I'll, I'll download it. <laughs> there you go. All right, Emily, say your goodbyes. Right, bye, guys. 
Bye-bye. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Mm-hmm.